Okay. So for those of you who logged in tonight thinking that you were going to get the Doctrine of Christ in 10 seconds and it would be only a 10-second uh, Zoom <laughs> meeting, let me do that really quick so I don't come across as someone who's not being honest. Here's the Doctrine of Christ in 10 seconds. Come unto Christ. He will baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. Then endure to the end, and he will give you eternal life. If you don't hear anything else tonight, hear those words. These are his words, not mine. Now, <clears throat> I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been on the path for a couple of years now, and my life has changed dramatically, especially over the last year as my family and I were asked to move out of Babylon into the country. And part of that was uh, me stepping out of my business, which took all of my time. And that freed up quite a bit of time to devote to the doctrine of Christ. And one of the first things that the Lord had me do was study the doctrine of Christ out in the scriptures. So for four straight months, full time, every day, eight to 10 hours a day, all I did was study the doctrine of Christ. And the way that I did that, I'll show you here. I made this spreadsheet in, in Excel, and I put the different categories across the top. And then I just went through and started reading scriptures, those that I thought would be applicable and those that weren't. And then I went through all the main Doctrine of Christ chapters of the Book of Mormon, and then I just started from the beginning and started going through every verse. And I would mark that verse down if it had any of the components of the doctrine of Christ. And then I put them over here in these categories. And originally the goal was so that anytime I wanted to know about baptism of fire and Holy Ghost, I could just scroll down this and I'd have every verse that has anything to do with baptism of fire and Holy Ghost. But it took me forever to come up with the categories as I kept reading verses and comparing verses and breaking it down. And eventually, after those four months, I did this to over a, almost a thousand verses. And it was through that process that I learned the doctrine of Christ. And I was going to put that on the website so everyone could search these terms, whatever they wanted. And then I realized that's a horrible idea because it was such an amazing experience for me to go through the scriptures and find it for myself. I think everyone should do that. I don't want to just give you all the answers. You need to figure out how to get to the answers yourself, just between you and the spirit and the Lord. So in addition to that study, I did some other fun studies like this category down here is the doctrine of devils. There's the doctrine of Christ, there's the doctrine of men, and there's the doctrine of devils. And I broke down all of the different verses that go through all of the doctrine of devils, which I was finding as I was studying the doctrine of Christ. One of these nights I'll go through that, but it's not a pretty picture. This doctrine, you'll recognize it when you hear it. Then I've done other things like, you know, all the verses having to do with the doctrine or the church of Christ, the 17 true points of the true doctrine of Christ, I marked down every scripture that has to do with eternal life. Anyway, you see the madness that is in my mind of how I came up with these four categories. And I'm going to show them to you in a little bit more detail now. <clears throat> so basically, this is what I came up with. First is come unto Christ. 
And that includes such terms as with a broken heart and contrite spirit, exercising faith under repentance, keeping his commandments, and baptism of water. The second part of the doctrine of Christ is the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost, also known as the first comforter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, being redeemed, or entering the gate. There are many terms that describe this second part of the doctrine of Christ, but these are four of the more popular ones in the scriptures. So I've written those down. The third part, endure to the end. This includes other terms like walk the straight path, hold to the iron rod, feast on the words of Christ. All of those describe this category of enduring to the end. And then the fourth and last is receiving the gift of eternal life. And this is a gift that only the Savior can give us. And this is also the second comforter. This is what it means to be saved or to receive salvation. Entering into the Lord's rest and the fullness of his glory or entering into the kingdom of God. So you don't have to fully trust me that these four categories are the way that I came up with searching out and understanding the doctrine of Christ in the scriptures. I've seen them repeated again and again and again. They make sense to me. How they're going to make sense to you is up to you in the spirit in Christ. And if you undertake this study sincerely and seriously, to understand the doctrine of Christ yourself, then I would love to hear the categories that you come up with. I'm certain there will be things that we cross paths on, uh, different terms that we both agree on. And this is how I learned the doctrine of Christ. So tonight, what I want to do is go through what I call power scriptures or power verses. And these are single verses of scripture in the scriptures that contain all four parts of the doctrine of Christ. Now, this is the really good way to learn the doctrine of Christ, because as you learn the different parts in one scripture, each prophet describes the doctrine of Christ a little bit differently. They use different terms. They say words differently based on their experience or based on how the spirit is moving them. And so when you read a particular verse that has the full doctrine of Christ in it, you'll see maybe three of the parts are very clear and you know the fourth part is in there, but they use a term you're not sure what it means. So you can take from that, this is another way to say that fourth part. This is another way to describe the gift of eternal life or the second comforter. And we'll see that again and again tonight as we go through these power verses that we learn new ways of describing these parts of the doctrine of Christ. So what I'm going to do is Ben, Steve, and Mark, I'm going to have you, Jeff, you came in a little bit late. Do you want to volunteer to be in our discussion? Because I see that your video is on. Sure. Great. Yeah. Okay. So you don't even need your scriptures because I put, all the scriptures up on the screen. So first verse is 1 Nephi 13.37. This is probably my favorite power verse in all of scripture. And Ben, I'm going to have you break it down for me. So first thing is read the whole verse for us. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion in that day, for they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, 
They shall be lifted up at the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. And whoso shall publish peace, yea, tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. Great. Okay. So this first time, I'm not going to have you interpret it. I'm going to ask you the questions. The second time you do it, I'm going to have you interpret it in terms of the doctrine of Christ. All right. So, Ben, in this verse, where which one is part two? where they shall have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost. Very easy, right? That one was clear. Yeah. Where is part three? Well, if they shall endure to the end. That one was a cakewalk, right? Yep. (laughs) Where is part four? Shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. Okay. This was all a cakewalk. Those three were super clear. Now comes the harder test. Where is part one? Blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion in the day. Right. You never would have guessed, just reading the scriptures on on your own, that that was part of the doctrine of Christ. But because you can see the other three steps so clearly. Well, and you also have to understand that in order to bring forth Zion, we have to have magnified the doctrine of Christ. Amen. Therefore, we have to have come unto Christ. Amen. This is how one of the ways that we come unto Christ with the broken heart and contrite spirit. This is one of the ways that we exercise faith under repentance is we seek Zion. Okay, do you see the pattern of why I like this verse so much? Three of them were rarely clear and the other one wasn't, but now we learned more about that part because we understood all four parts. Well done, Ben. Steve, you're next. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. So first thing is, is read, this is two verses, but this is the only doctrine of Christ, the entire four parts of the doctrine of Christ as spoken by heavenly father in the entire scriptures. So I put these two verses from second Nephi 31 together. If you could read those for us, Steve, that'd be great. Okay. And the father said, repent ye, repent ye and be baptized in the name of my beloved son. And I heard a voice from the Father saying, Yea, the words of my beloved are true and faithful. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Steve, where's part one? Okay, part one, we've got repent ye, repent ye. Exercising faith unto repentance. In other words, seeking out, acting on, and acting on, hearkening to revelation. Bingo. Where is part two? Part two. Now we've got three baptisms in one is what Joseph said, right? So we've got, and be baptized in the name of my beloved son. So that includes a water baptism. That includes a baptism of fire. That includes a baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's right. So which part of that baptism is part one and which is part two? Okay. So part one is baptized by water. Part two, baptism of fire, gift of the Holy Ghost. Fantastic. Where is part three? Part three. Um, yeah, I heard a voice from the Father saying, yeah, the words of my beloved are true and faithful. Where there it is. He that endureth to the end. And an interesting note, Christ calls himself the beginning and the end. Yes. So Christ, Christ is the end. So he that endureth to the end, or in other words, he that endureth to Christ 
In other words, the second comforter being lifted up to Christ, the same shall be saved. Amen. So what does seeking Zion in the previous verse really mean, Steve? Seeking Zion? I'm not sure exactly what you're looking for, but it's I mean... Christ. Yeah, Christ. It's the yeah. end. It's to be in the it's to be face to face with Christ. So you're bringing up a good point in tonight's discussion as we read these power verses. Really, in the back of your mind, keep this question: What am I learning about Christ in these verses? Okay, Steve, what's part four? Part four. Well, the same shall be saved, eternal life. Okay. This one was the biggest cakewalk of all time, right? Heavenly Father couldn't have been more clear when he was teaching this doctrine, which is really, Jesus Christ says it's the Father's doctrine. He gave it to the Son. Of course, he knows it better than anybody. And of course, he says it as clearly as you can possibly say it. Well done, Steve. Next, Mark, are you on? Okay, we will go to Jeffrey then. I don't know if we got Mark. Okay, Jeffrey, read the whole verse first. Oh, then, my beloved brethren, repent ye and enter in at the straight gate and continue in the way which is narrow until ye shall obtain eternal life. I don't know if you're going to be able to break this one down. It's pretty tough. Where's part one? Uh, Repent ye. Come unto Christ. Great. Where's part two? Enter in at the straight gate. Great. Where's part three? Continue in the way which is narrow. Okay, and part four? Until you shall obtain eternal life. Okay, I don't have the uh, the way which is narrow, but that's another way of describing walking the straight path. After you enter the gate, you get onto that straight path, and it is the straight and narrow path. So, yeah, you learn from this particular power verse from Jacob chapter 6, verse 11, another way that that's called, which is the narrow path the narrow path after the straight gate. Second Nephi 31, 18 is uh, is a good resource for that. If you need a cross reference, read it. All right. Um, let me preface it by 17 too, because it gives context. Wherefore do the things which I have told you that I have seen that your Lord and your redeemer should do for, for this cause have they been shown unto me that you might know the gate by which you should enter. The gate by which you should enter is repentance and baptism by water, and then cometh a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. Verse 18, and then you are in the straight and narrow path, which leads to eternal life. Very well. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Next time it's probably going to be harder. So, I mean, that one was like, that one's as easy as it gets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like hanging curveball right there. All right. We're going back to uh, Ben. Ben, you are now ready to preach a sermon from Omni chapter 1, verse 26. Tell us the four, read the whole verse first, and then break down the four parts of the doctrine of Christ for us. And now, my beloved brethren, I would that you should come unto Christ, who is the Holy One of Israel, and partake of his salvation and the power of his redemption. Yet come unto him and offer your whole souls as an offering unto him. And continue in fasting and praying, and endure to the end. And as the Lord liveth, ye will be saved. Now, coming on to Christ, um, 
we get, we get that, and I would that you should come unto Christ, who is the Holy One of Israel. To partake of his salvation is to partake of the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost. This is the power of his redemption. And to come unto him and offer your whole souls as an offering unto him. This is once again, we're going back onto that, into, into the how of how to come unto Christ. Offer your whole souls. Continue in fasting and praying. This is enduring to the end. And endure to the end. And as the Lord liveth, you will be saved. This is the, this is the gift of eternal life, the second comforter. Which is- I like what you said in your mini sermon. Salvation. This is a good example of how the word salvation can be used multiple ways. It can be used to describe redemption and it can be used to to describe eternal life or the final step. Mm -hmm. In this particular one, you said this salvation applies to the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. And I think that's right because of where it falls into the verse. Exactly. It comes right after redemption. So well said. I enjoyed that mini sermon on the doctrine of Christ, Ben. Thank you. (laughs) Steve, are you ready to preach another sermon? Ready Ready to preach it up. Cool. Alma chapter 5, verse 13. Read the verse and then preach to us, brother. Okay. And behold, he preached the word unto your fathers, and a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful unto the end. Therefore, they were saved. Okay, let's start from the beginning. He preached the word. So what is Christ? Christ says that he is the word. He is the word of God. The iron rod is the word of God. When we grab hold of the iron rod, we are grabbing hold of Christ. He preached the word. Okay. And a mighty change was also wrought in their hearts. So we've got faith, the word coming to Christ, a mighty change, repentance, And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. Okay. How is that baptism of fire after the Holy Ghost? I'm not seeing it, Justin. Help me out. So I would call part two the mighty change in their hearts. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. The born again. There we go. And they humbled themselves and put their trust in the true and living God. And behold, they were faithful unto the end. There's enduring to the end. Therefore, they were saved. Second comforter, eternal life. Great. Thank you for your sermon. I wanted to describe kind of what Steve was talking about in this verse. Yeah, the the part one and part three are what we can do. Part two and part four is what the Lord promises for us. Coming unto Christ with a broken heart and contrite spirit is the same thing as enduring to the end. But the reason why all of these prophets use the word endure to the end is because it even gets more intense. After you've received the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost, the path is even more narrow and straight. But you've been given this great blessing, this endowment of charity and hope and clear revelation and a lack of desire to sin. He gives you these great gifts when you receive the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost, to take with you on that path to make it back to him in part four. So in this particular verse, after the mighty wrought change wrought in their hearts, which is part two, then you must continue to humble yourself 
and put your trust in the true and living God, which is what it means to come unto Christ with a broken heart and contrite spirit. And now you must do that even more so. And this is actually in semblance of the eternal round upon which we live, which is the earth. Just an interesting little I love bit it. of deep doctrine. There. Well, I'd like to hear more about that, Ben. Well, um, you know, it's uh, as we, you know, we are re- we we are renewed. Then we have to humble ourselves. We come back around to it again. We have to we come back around to um, offering up that broken heart and contrite spirit, offering up our obedience. And the earth is truly obedient in all things to the Father. And so from the earth, we can learn that. We can learn that, to humble ourselves and put our trust in the true and living God, coming unto him with a broken heart and contrite spirit. Because uh, and So that's a... That's a lesson that we can learn from the faithfulness of the earth and fulfilling all commands which the God, which God does give it. Amen. Love it. So <laughs> how do we get to the first comforter? Broken heart and contrite spirit. How do we get to the second comforter? Broken heart and contrite spirit to the end, which is Jesus Christ. How do we get to the third comforter and the fourth comforter and the fifth comforter? I don't even necessarily know what all of those are. But I know it's broken heart and contrite spirit to get to those comforters as well. It's the same thing. Great. Thank you guys for that uh, sermon. Who's next? Jeffrey? You I ready? wanted to comment on that. but Okay. Who, who's talking right now? Sue Venable. Sue, please share. Yeah. Your, do you want to join in and give us some mini sermons tonight? Well, um, I suppose... One of us could at least. Fantastic. Uh, but anyway, well, what what hit me about that verse that nobody seemed to cover was the idea that um, um, when we have faith, with that with that one uh, uh, trust in the true and living God, that's having faith, and faith means doing what he obe- obeyed doing what he asks us to do. That's obedience. So to me, that part comes into, you know, you humble yourself, you um, come unto him with a broken heart and contrite spirit. And then he does what you do, what he tells you to do. And that's where their trust, total trust in the true and living God comes in. Sue, I've officially invited you in to teach us the sermons tonight because that was fantastic. (laughs) But I would have you do the next one, but I really want to do it because it's my favorite. I'm a 3213, but I tell you what, I'm going to have you do it. Will you read that verse for us and give us a small sermon on the doctrine of Christ? Great. Okay. And now, because ye are compelled to be humble, blessed are ye. For a man sometimes, if he is compelled to be humble, seeketh repentance. And now surely whoever repenteth shall find mercy. And he that findeth mercy and endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Ooh, it seems where's a little bit more one? hidden in this one, huh? Yeah, where's start? Well, okay. It, it seems a little more hidden. So when that happens, find the easy ones. Can right. you see part three? Well, I can see, you know, part one is you're humble, okay. even if you were compelled to be. Um, Amen. Some people, That's when they're one. compelled, 
some people when are when they are compelled don't you know they rebel or or reject but some people when they're compelled actually do become humble and accept their um there, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of my favorite verses in all scripture, whom the Lord loveth, he chastiseth. Um, right. And so, and so this is, you know, being chastised and having it work, accepting the chastisement of our heavenly father. And that is also like being as a small child. I can't hear okay, what you, you, you got part one down. Okay, so being like a small child and coming in unto Christ, you know, because I've been chastised, but okay, anyway, I'm right. coming. And right. if you, uh, and so I seek repentance. Okay, I did something wrong. Actually, that's also Matthew 18, is how we're supposed to tell someone that they've done something wrong, is you're supposed to go to them and talk to them and give them a chance to repent. Because if they don't know they did anything wrong, if they aren't compelled to be humble, if they don't know anything, they did anything wrong, they can't repent because they don't know. Right. So in Matthew 18, it tells us to, to go to the person who's offended us and, and tell them they offended you and give them a chance to repent. So if, if you seek repentance, okay, and now whosoever does repent finds mercy. In other words, God starts talking to him again. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you've you've identified part one clearly. Yeah. Can you see part two or part three? Go to part three. Um, well, sure. Part three is enduring to the end, and that's right there. Easy. Where's part four then? Okay, four shall be saved. Saved. Okay, so you've got part one, part three, and part four down. Part two should come between part one and part three. So what is part two? Ooh, well, receiveth mercy. Let me tell you. Bingo. When I was baptized <laughs> by the Holy Ghost, it was the most joyful experience I can possibly ever imagine. I never knew that such joy was available to man on the earth. Yeah. So that is mercy. Well, let me ask you this. The person that wrote this particular power verse was... Alma the Younger, why would he call the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost receiving mercy? Wow, very good point. Because he was wicked. Oh, yeah. Do you remember his experience? <laughs> he, was, he didn't die. Yeah, he was about to get struck down. He was in the gall of bitterness. He was, he was faced worthy of with the consequence of his sin. And somehow the Lord snatched him out of that. Is there any wonder he calls part two finding mercy? And he does it multiple times in his sermons throughout the Book of Mormon. It's yeah, it's throughout every every sermon you hear from him, he references mercy. Yeah, it's awesome. The, the baptismal fire and the Holy Ghost is mercy. Sue, that was a fantastic sermon. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Jeff, I think we're on to you. 3rd Nephi 11.38, read it and give us a sermon. And again, I say unto you, you must repent and be baptized in my name and become as a little child, or you can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. So we have to repent, which is the, uh, the outward expression of a broken heart and contrite spirit. 
It's the action of it. Uh, turning our entire life, you know, we're going one way and we turn, turn our life around and say, okay, Heavenly Father, Jesus, it belongs to you. I'm giving you my life. Be baptized in my name is to go through the gate. Baptism of water, fire, and the Holy Ghost, as we read in 2 Nephi 31. Become as a little child is, man, as you were talking about earlier, uh, you know, the, the more straight and more narrow way. Because um, I would say coming up to the gate, there's, you know, there there's a, a straight and narrow gate there. But, you know, as you said, it just gets like, like, <laughs> you got to be on your game. So to be on our game, we have to be as a little child doing everything that the Lord through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the gift of the Holy Ghost tells us to do. And if we do not do that, we do not receive the kingdom of God come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory or uh, otherwise known as the second comforter or afterward receive eternal life. Hey, Jeff. Amen. Can I throw Excellent something on there, sermon. too? Can I, throw Say again? Can I throw something on there, too? Please. Yeah, I just, I just okay. made it. When I was a little put kid. Some, put some sauce when I, on. when I was a little kid <laughs> and I wanted a cookie, I was tenacious until I got that cookie. You could not do, you could not keep me away from it. That's how we have to be. Can that I add is, that's the that is the that is how we endure to the end through sheer nice. tenacity in the face of all the evil that the world can throw at us. What are you tenaciously seeking when you have entered the gate, Ben? You are tenaciously seeking the face of Christ to know Amen. as you are known. Do you kind of hold on to the rod or do you full on grip it? Oh, shoot. It's white knuckle grip. I'm not leaving it. Do you snack on the word of Christ or do you feast on the word of Christ? Well, I, fe- yeah, I feast every day and I try to help other people feast. Bring a, grab a hand, grab somebody's hand if I can, put it on there. Well said, Ben. Jeff, you had something you wanted to add to this? Yeah, so so I've had some insights as uh, so I've got a four year old and a two year old. I'm like, okay, based on their behavior, which one more uh, ca- is categorized in this sense as a little child? And you know, as our children grow up a little bit, they begin to rebel a little bit. And, you know, from, from seeing it just prior to, or maybe just at uh, two years old, um, our little girl, Maggie, she, she's pretty good about like, we ask her to do something like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Like mom, dad told me to do it. I'm going to do it. She's getting to the point where she's kind of leaving that because she's seeing her older sister do uh do the opposite a lot so <laughs> so i just think of it 
in terms of just that, man, I'm really going to like, like Ben said, tenacious. Like I know, like they just do it instinctively, but we have to do it purposefully because we've, we've seen both sides. If we're coming to this point and we received the baptism of fire and Holy ghost, uh, for all intents and purposes, we've experienced both light and dark in our life. We've made poor choices and good choices. And, and we've seen the, the fruits of both. And so we desire the good ones because we feel the joy that Sue talked about in choosing Jesus Christ and doing, doing what he asked us to do. Great. So, you know, just more fully tenaciously saying I am going to to focus on Jesus Christ and and you know not just coast right I just like oh I've received it I've arrived now I can just you know I've got all these powers now and now I can just get there the things that the Lord has been teaching me recently um is that I need to be ramped up even more so than I am right now. Just like figuring out, okay, what are the fruits of what I was just told to do? What are, uh, you know, was it clear? Like, does it fit these parameters of what the the spirit, like how that works? Great. And, uh, And just filtering through things a lot more diligently than I do right now. Cool. Thank you, Jeff. Kendra, would you like to teach us a small sermon on the doctrine of Christ? Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay, here it is. Okay. Read the verse 3 Nephi 27, 16, and then break it down for us. Teach us the doctrine of Christ. All right. And it shall come to pass that whoso repenteth and is baptized in my name, shall be filled and if he endureth to the end behold him will i hold guiltless before my father at that day when i shall stand to judge the world so repenting is coming into christ that's the humility the broken heart contrite spirit realizing we need him uh being baptized in his name so I would say that's water baptism and then being filled would be the, the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Great. Um, and during to the end, obviously, that's number three. Um, and let me see. Him will I hold guiltless before my father at that day when I, stand, when I shall stand to judge the world. I haven't heard it this way before. <laughs> I know. It's super cool, huh? Yeah. So holding us guiltless before the Father. That's at that day. At that day. That's when we're in Christ's presence. That's eternal life. Right. It's it's a new way of understanding what it means to endure to Christ. And to know Christ personally, and he knows you personally, and he will hold you guiltless 
when he introduces you to father at that day. Yeah, that's a good one, huh? Kendra, thank you so much for your sermon. I appreciate it. Welcome. All right, Ben, we're back to you. And these are going to maybe start getting harder, but maybe not. Uh, we'll see. Ether 4, 18 and 19, read it and preach us a sermon on the doctrine of Christ. Therefore, repent, all ye ends of the earth, and come unto me, and believe in my gospel, and be baptized in my name. For he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And signs shall follow them that believe in my name, and blessed is he that is found faithful unto my name at the last day. For he shall be lifted up to dwell in the kingdom prepared for him from the foundation of the world. And behold, it is I that hath spoken it. I love that closing. It is uh, the ultimate ultimate, uh, stamp of approval upon a doctrinal statement. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Therefore, repent, all ye ends of the earth. Come unto Christ. Exercise your broken heart and contrite spirit. Pray to the Father for for remission of sins. Believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which is to come on, which is the entire chalada. We've got to believe that every single step in this process is possible for us in this lifetime. Because otherwise, we will dwindle in unbelief and we will stop and we will not endure to the end. But he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. This is a direct reference within within the context of it. It is a direct reference to the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. That is the first level of salvation that that we receive from the Lord. And he that believeth not shall be damned. You've got to believe in the whole process. You've got to believe that you can do it. You've got to believe in the power of Christ to make you perfect. And signs shall follow them that believe in my name. This is the purpose of science, to increase our faith. To, to get us, it's like, it's like cookies. They're like cookies thrown to us. They're thrown to us. Keep following. Keep following. Here, heal this man. Here, preach by the power of the Holy Ghost. They're they're little cookies. Blessed is he that is found faithful unto my name at the last day. And you know, that's not going to be easy. That's why we need the signs. Blessed is he who is found faithful in my name, unto my name at the last day. Endure to the end. Walk the straight path. Endure persecution for his name. He shall be lifted up to dwell in the kingdom prepared for him from the foundation of the world. It's the gift of eternal life. Behold, it is I that hath spoken it, saith the Lord. Ben, 
You got a little fiery. I liked it <laughs> from one verse. Well done. I particularly <laughs> like that you, the word saved in here could be a little bit tricky because you don't know exactly what it is. But in context of the four parts, you can see that this particular saved refers to the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Well done. Steve, you're up. Moroni chapter 8, verse 26, probably one of my favorites. I have a lot of favorites, but this one's one of my favorites. Okay, perfect. And the remission of sins bringeth meekness and lowliness of heart. And because of meekness and lowliness of heart cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost, which comforter, that's key, filleth with hope and perfect love which love endureth by diligence unto prayer until the end shall come. Remember what end means when all the saints shall dwell with God. Okay. Let's break it down. And the remission of sins bringeth meekness and lowliness of heart. And because of meekness and lowliness of heart. Okay. Now we're talking about coming unto Christ. We're talking about receiving revelation. We're talking about humbling ourselves to the depths of the earth. And coming to him and doing the things that he tells us to do. We're talking about entering into the new covenant and and going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm here. I want to do the things that you want me to do. I want to to receive revelation. And I promise that if you give me that revelation, if you give me knowledge, then I will do it. I will hearken to your word. Okay, that's. That is that is lowliness of heart. That's meekness. And if we do those things, if we if we make that covenant with Christ, then he makes a covenant with us that there it is. Cometh the visitation of the Holy Ghost. That's step two, baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's first comforter, which comforter filleth with hope and perfect love, which love endureth. Now there's endure. Okay, which love endureth by diligence unto prayer. Okay. Now there's again, seeking prayer. That's, that is walking on the straight path. That is again, just like we did before the first comforter, we are still entering into the new and everlasting covenant. We're still seeking Christ through prayer. He's giving us revelation and until the end shall come, or in other words, until we are lifted up to the seventh heaven. And until we, we receive that second comforter, which is Jesus Christ himself, when all the saints shall dwell with God and theirs being saved in his kingdom. Great sermon, Steve. Thank you. I loved what you taught us. Yes, coming unto Christ, that's the loneliness of heart and the meekness, which comes by repenting from our sins. I love part two in this one because it actually calls the Holy Ghost the comforter. It's one of the few power verses that uses the term the comforter. And when people receive the first comforter, they report that the feeling stays with them for different amounts of time. I probably heard a hundred different experiences. And some people say that feeling, that connection, that loss of the desire to sin lasts a week or a month or six months. Uh, The longest I've ever heard is 10 years, which that particular lady said she lost it because her kid was bullied at school. And that was enough to end her 10-year amazing connection to the spirit. But a lot of people, when they received this comforter and didn't know what it is, didn't know how to maintain that connection. 
And this verse explains how. <clears throat> it endureth by diligence unto prayer. You can keep that hope and that perfect love. Nephi says the same thing about being filled with hope and love. Now, if you understand what Moroni is talking about in, or Mormon, his dad's talking about in this chapter, you know Moroni when he's talking, or his dad again in chapter 7, faith, hope, and charity. What is he really teaching us? Faith is come unto Christ. And hope and charity is that first comforter to be baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost. All of us are seeking charity all the time. And we get little pieces of it here and there as gifts from the Lord. But when you receive your baptism by fire and Holy Ghost, you get a massive influx of light, truth, knowledge, and charity. It seems like some people are just naturally gifted with charity and other people like myself, it's not natural. I have to beg the Lord for charity. So I look forward to that first comforter so that I can be filled with charity. Because without hope and charity, you won't be able to make it on that narrow path back to the Savior. So, and then the last thing I wanted to point out in this verse is that in the last line, when all saints shall dwell with God. So the saints, if you look back, these guys, Moroni and Mormon, were obviously reading King Benjamin's sermon when they were writing their sermons and teaching their sermons, because King Benjamin describes saints as well. To be a saint is someone who has received their first comforter. Changes the meaning of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The whole goal is to come unto Christ and become saints which is to be cleansed or redeemed and then stay on that straight path until you make it back to the face of Jesus Christ himself. Alexis, that name. Alexis, I see you on video. Would you like to break down a power verse for us? Do you feel okay doing that? That depends. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear you fine? Okay. Yeah. If you can hear me, then I'd love to do it. Great. Mosiah. Chapter 5, verse 15. Oh, dang, I gave you a really hard one. Sorry about that. All you right. can ask for help if you need it, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. So, Mosiah 5, 15. Therefore, I would that you should be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in good works, that the Lord Christ, God omnipotent, may to you his, that you may brought, be brought to heaven, that you may have everlasting salvation and eternal life through the wisdom and power and justice and mercy of him who created all things in heaven and earth, who is God above all. Amen. Wow, there's so many great things in here. <laughs> break them down according to the parts of the Let's doctrine of Christ, down. if you wouldn't mind. Okay, so I'm seeing coming to Christ as being steadfast and immovable. Here we are keeping the commandments of God, and we are additionally, you know, we're offering up that broken heart and contrite spirit, being willing to do whatever the Lord would have us do. So this next part with the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost, that happens when we are sealed as sons and daughters of Christ. And so that right there is pointing specifically to the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost, the second part of the doctrine of Christ. Enduring to the end, this is where we are continuing to offer up that broken heart and contrite spirit. And so I see this 
partly as always abounding in good works because you're continuing on the path of holding to the rod and holding to the words of Christ. And then finally, Great. eternal life. There's a lot within this part that is all indicative of that part of the doctrine of Christ. That being, of course, everlasting salvation, eternal life. It said pretty clearly. Um, Great. That's just part of it, but there's so many more parts to this verse that could go to each of these different parts of the doctrine of Christ. Well done, Alexis. That was not an easy one, and I had some misspellings in there. Sorry, that made it even a little bit harder. But that was great. One verse. One verse. You can teach the entire doctrine of Christ. You did a great job. Thank you. I think Jeffrey is next. Jeffrey, are you ready? Hopefully it's harder than even the one that Alexis got. All right. No, this one's a cakewalk. Jeffrey? This one's easy. You did this one. All right. Do you not have the faith in me that I can handle a difficult one? No, you've already done this one. You already described <laughs> this one perfectly earlier. All the parts are there. The straight and narrow path, which leads to eternal light, entering the gate. That's baptism, fire, and Holy Ghost. Okay, let's see. All right, here's a good one, Jeffrey. Mosiah chapter 15, verse 22 through 23. All right. And now the resurrection of all the prophets and all those that have believed in their words or all those that have kept the commandments of God shall come forth in the first resurrection. Therefore, they are the first resurrection. They are raised to dwell with God who has redeemed them. Thus, they have eternal life through Christ who has broken the bands of death. All right excellent mix up here so we have a precursor where it's talking about those who have received first comforter uh, they are they uh, they are raised to dwell with god who's redeemed them and uh let's see okay so the coming unto christ all those who have believed in their words, the prophets who have spoken by the power of the Holy Ghost. So that's exercising faith in uh, one who, well, not faith in the person, but exercising faith in the words of Christ that are spoken by somebody speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hopefully that made sense. Um, all those who have kept the commandments of God, that is offering a broken heart and contrite spirit, keep his commandments like it says right there. Coming forth in the first resurrection. So there's a little bit more context with the, the following sentence. They're raised to dwell with God who's redeemed them. So they've exercised a broken heart and contrite spirit and doing so have received the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost being redeemed. They have kept the commandments of God, which, is, which follows the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost being enduring to the end. And then they're raised in the first resurrection because they have received eternal life through Christ, um, entered into his rest, and they come back in the, I would specify the morning of the first resurrection, uh, to dwell with Christ in the new Jerusalem uh, at that day when they're 
they're caught up to heaven and then they come back down with it. No, well done, Jeffrey. This one is tricky because of that first resurrection. But in my study, particularly Alma chapter 12, resurrection always comes a result of redemption. Redemption applies to both our physical body and our spiritual body. We are saved from that awful hell because of redemption. And you can get resurrected. You know, you can't get resurrected until you have been redeemed. And then when you are resurrected, then you come forward to partake of that tree of life, which is the gift of eternal life. And then that body becomes an eternal body. Again, this one was a little bit deeper, but Jeff, as you've shown, when you understand the doctrine of Christ, you can break down these more complicated uh, scriptures and understand what the prophets who spoke them were talking about. So thank you. Ben, All right. you're up. Real hard one for you here. Oh, my word. Oh, Dark my God. I don't know if I can do this. Oh, boy. <laughs> and if you keep my commandments and endure to the end, you shall have eternal life, which is which gift is the greatest of all the gifts of God. If you keep my commandments, this is the broken, uh, this is the, uh, what is, uh, what is the, what is his, what are his, what are the, what are the top two commandments? The love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. How do we do this? By coming onto Christ. We come onto Christ by exercising a broken heart and contrite spirit and exercising faith onto repentance. Therefore, if we keep his, and therefore, if we keep his commandments, we are also we also obey we also obey the ordinances, which are the baptism of fire and, and the whole, which is the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. These are the things that we have to do in, in order. In the, uh, keep my commandments actually sums up both of the first two steps. Right. And, and endure to the end shall have eternal life. This is the this is of course. I mean that one. These two are obvious. But the, this gift is the greatest of all the gifts of God. What makes eternal life the greatest of all the gifts of God? Are you asking me? No, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm actually kind of waiting for the spirit to, to, to reveal it. The gift, the reason that it's the greatest of all the gifts of God is because it's how we become like him. It's how we, it's how we, it's how, it's how he elevates us to become like him. It's how we are able to fulfill the measure of our creation. Eternal life is the fulfillment of the measure of our creation. Just as when one earth becomes a new heaven, that is the fulfillment of the measure of its creation. Amen, Brother Ben. Joseph Smith describes the second comforter as overcoming all our enemies, the greatest of which is death. Yes. Not until we finally receive eternal life as a gift from Jesus Christ, who through his atonement gained the power to give us eternal life. When he gives us eternal life, 
now we're no longer subject to death, the great enemy. Man, we could talk about eternal life. Oh, I love it. I love that topic. <laughs> Thank you. Let's see. Uh, I lost Steve. I'm right here. Oh, Steve. I guess your little picture thing moved. And are you ready, Steve, for the next one? You bet. Alma one four. Now this one is tricky, Steve, because it's the opposite. This is what Nehor taught. So break it down and tell us how he blows it. <laughs> okay. Nehor. So Nehor, Nehor was antichrist. So everything we need to remember that everything has an opposite. If you've got, if you've got a baptism of fire, you've also got a baptism of darkness. If you've got a baptism by Christ, you've also got a baptism by or a, a, uh, a second comforter experience with Christ. You've also got a second comforter with Lucifer. So yes. understanding that let's, let's dig in here. And he also testified unto the people that all mankind should be saved at the last day. Okay. There's the first lie and that they need not tremble nor fear. Okay. There's the second lie, but that they might lift up their heads and rejoice for the Lord had created all men and had also redeemed all men. And in the end, all men should have eternal life. So really, we've just got lie on top. That whole verse is a, is a lie in and of itself. Lies, yes. Yeah. Break down those lies. Okay. And he also testified that, that the, and he also testified unto the people that all mankind should be saved at the last day. Okay, well, there's the first lie. So We're not. He has the doctrine of Christ. He talks about being saved at the last day. That's eternal life. He talks about being redeemed. And he talks about having eternal life. But what does he say? That, you know, that's the two promises of Christ is redemption and eternal life. But what does he say you have to do to receive those gifts? That they, you don't have to do anything. That they, they need anything. Not, yeah, that they need not fear nor tremble when Christ says we should fear him. And, and I think fear is, I think we look at that word and think, well, fear, let's, let's call it respect or mm -hmm. to revere to revere Christ nor tremble and having heard second comforter experiences that in his presence that you feel that you are going to melt because of his overwhelming glory right. yeah you would come into his presence and you would you would fear that you would you would have the utmost respect and reverence for that power that he has right so you can imagine that Nehor had heard the prophets preach the doctrine of Christ. And the very first step, they say, you got to have a broken heart and contrite spirit. And what does he say? No, you don't. You don't have to worry about fearing and trembling and offering a broken heart and contrite spirit. Christ has already redeemed you. Christ has already saved everybody. Do whatever you want. There's no such thing as sin. You can make whatever choice you want. It is a complete aberration of the doctrine of Christ. It takes our part of it out. And we can't do much. We don't have much we can offer. Our works are few. But Christ was very clear in his description of them. Come unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit. That's all he asks. And keep doing it. And keep doing it.
not just today, but you're right, Ben, tomorrow and the next day. And if you do that, I'll baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost and then do it the next day and the next day until you come back into his presence. Can I, can I read the verse just pre previous to that? Please. He says, yes. he says, and he, this is, this is Nehor, he, Nehor, had gone about among the people preaching to them that which he termed, this is Nehor, that which Nehor termed to be the word of God. In other words, we've got the philosophies of men and they are mingled with scripture. Okay, now listen to the rest of it. Bearing down against the church, this is the church of Christ, declaring unto the people that every priest and teacher ought to become popular. And they, now, I'm not going to say too much, okay? <laughs> and and they ought not to labor with their hands, but that they ought to be supported by the people. And I'll let that stand. Right. Thank you, Steve, for your sermon. That was, a, that was a, not an easy one. You nailed it. Thank you, brother. All right, Mary, I see your hand up. Do you want to break down one of these verses for us, a power verse with the doctrine of Christ? Or is that? Oh, I might, I might try that, but I wanted to backpedal to two verses before this one on Nehor. Okay. Uh, that you mentioned that redemption comes before the resurrection. Isn't that what you said? Yes. Well, um, redemption applies to the resurrection. We are able to be resurrected to be reborn spiritually and physically because of Christ's redemption. Oh, I heard you. Well, what I thought I heard you say is that the redemption has to come before the resurrection. And that was not what I understood. Well, in my previous learning is that all men will be resurrected, whether or not they gain salvation but all men will get their bodies back from the grave. Uh, so that I would see that coming first, but maybe not. Could you walk me through that? But turn to section 76 in the doctrine of covenants. He's talking about the sons of perdition in verse 34 through 38. If you want to read 34 through 38, Mary. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Concerning whom I have said there is no forgiveness in this world nor in the world to come, having denied the Holy Spirit after having received it, and having denied the only begotten Son of the Father, having crucified him unto themselves and put him to an open shame, these are they who shall go away into the lake of fire and brimstone with the devil and his angels. And read the next verse. And the only ones on whom the second death shall have any power. What is the second death? Um, there's spiritual death. The spiritual death. So read verse 38. Yea, verily, the only ones who shall not be redeemed in the due time of the Lord after the sufferings of his wrath. So because they are not redeemed, now read verse 39. For all the rest shall be brought forth by the resurrection of the dead through the triumph and the glory of the Lamb who was slain, who was in the bosom of the Father before the worlds were made. Without redemption, there is no resurrection. There is no spiritual rebirth. There is no physical rebirth. 
those happen because of the Lord's redemption. That is what is meant by the plan of redemption. But now you must go on to receive salvation. And that body which was resurrected, you must partake of the fruit of the tree of life to receive salvation or eternal life with that body. Great questions, Mary. Well, so you're saying that there will be those who do not, that are not redeemed, they will never have their body? They won't be resurrected unless they are redeemed. That's exactly what that verse says. That's that's new to me. I No, we'd never thought that before. We thought everybody was resurrected, right? Yes. But only those who are redeemed. You have to pay the balance sheet. Bring it back to zero before you can be resurrected. And some people can do that quickly. And some people will take a thousand years in the millennium. Some people will pay that price completely on their own, pay for every one of their sins, suffer for every one of their sins, and other people will accept the redemption of Jesus Christ, who has already paid those sins for them. If you come unto Christ with a broken heart and contrite spirit, he will redeem you. That redemption is what brings to pass the rebirth of your spirit, and the rebirth of your physical body. Both things were fallen because you entered into this world. The second you decided to come here, you knew you were going to subject yourself to these two deaths. All of us are going to die physically. We know that. Those who are held accountable for the Lord's law are also perishing spiritually. I, I understand perishing. I understand redeemed, but the resurrection, I mean, aren't there even Im, embodied spirits who do not have a glory or a, a planet to land on because they did not receive a glory? Yes. If you don't, again, you can't be resurrected until you've been redeemed, until you've paid for everything. Does that make sense? I'm not sure, but I agree with Jeffrey. We can go to the Q&A section on that. Okay, we'll take it to the Q&A section. Good. Wait, do you want to do the next verse, though? I can try. All right. Hmm. Hope it's not. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. It's a tough one. Are you with Scott? Yes. Yeah. All right. I know you guys can do this. Break it down for (laughs) us, Mary. Okay. Romans 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Okay, uh, having faith, I think that's number one, coming unto Christ, we need to have faith. Um, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I would say that's one and two, uh, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand we have access through getting our baptism of fire in the holy ghost i'm thinking and then we rejoice in hope of the glory of god um enduring to the end i'm i'm struggling there scott did you <laughs> so uh, yeah the glory of god would be the end that's being yeah. saved and the hope is enduring to the end yeah so the end the enduring to the end by whom also we have access by faith into the disgrace 
wherein we stand. Yeah. Wherein we stand. We're standing and by enduring we're standing. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so the peace is the first comforter and the being justified by faith, coming unto Christ and then having peace. So it's got to be in that by whom also we have access by faith in this grace wherein we stand. So that's got to be the another amazing description of enduring to the end and then rejoicing hope glory God is the fourth one. Well done, Mary. Right. Thank you for participating in our discussion tonight. Thank you. Who is next? Jeff, is it your turn? Or Steve? I don't remember. I think Steve went last before I did. So I'll be happy. All right. Jeff, you want to give the next one a try? Yeah. Great. Having faith on the Lord, having a hope that ye shall receive eternal life, having the love of God always in your hearts, that ye may be lifted up at the last day and enter into his rest. Cakewalk, right? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, <laughs> having faith in the Lord, coming unto him. Easy. Doing all the things that he asks us to do. Having a hope that, uh, man, this one's great. So having the hope, and you talked about this, that you, sh- that you shall receive eternal life and having a love of God always in your hearts. Both of those are hope and charity, which you mentioned earlier, are, um, you know, that those are fruits that come after the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost. So it, even though it isn't explicitly said in there, it's implicitly said. Amen. Um, that you may be lifted up at the last day to enter into his rest, which is one of my favorite descriptions of, of, uh, of the second comforter, entering into uh, his rest. It just sounds so... <laughs> Uh, Where's the endure to the end? (laughs) Jeff, where's the endure to the end? The endure to the end is. Because I think the hope and the love is the first comforter. So where's the enduring to the end? So honestly, I would say the, I would say it's implicit in everything. Having faith in the Lord is both before and after yeah. first comforter having a hope enduring in that hope enduring in that love uh, that you may be lifted up at the last day. Um, wow. If you do not endure, you n- will neither have the hope nor the, well, at least you'll have a false hope if you're not enduring. <laughs> um, I would but- say it's in the word always. Mm. always in your hearts. Yeah. If that's fair. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. All right. Well done. Jennifer, I see you on video. Do you want to break down a verse for us with the doctrine of Christ? Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Um, okay, yeah. Oh, great. Thank Which you. Which one? Uh-huh. You have... Moses chapter 7 verse 45. Moses 745. I'm looking it up in my scriptures so I can mark it. So just give me a second. You Moses bet. 7. 
sorry, six is long. Seven forty-five. Okay, it says, and it came to pass that Enoch looked, and from Noah he beheld all the families of the earth, and he cried unto the Lord, saying, When shall the day of the Lord come? When shall the this one's tricky? This it's way hard. I'm sorry. (laughs) When shall the blood of the righteous be shed that all they that mourn may be sanctified and have eternal life? So I'm gonna go for the easy ones first. Okay, eternal life is number four. Great. I feel like I'm on a a game show or something. <laughs> it is. I'll, kind take, of. I'll take this for 400. <laughs> so eternal life is. So the term and have eternal life is number four. Right there where it says sanctified. That could be number two. Yeah. All they that mourn. Um, I mean, coming to Christ doesn't have to actually mean mourn, but. When shall the blood of the righteous be shed? Um, blood of the righteous, I mean, right there, to, in order to qualify to be righteous, you would have to have come unto Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like the stuff before it, let me just review that to see if there's anything in there. And it came to pass that Enoch looked, And from Noah, he beheld all the families of the earth and he cried unto the Lord that could be come unto Christ. And he cried unto the Lord saying, when shall the day of the Lord come? So that's a question. So that's not really when and when shall the blood of the righteous. So, yeah, I would say the fact that they're righteous would be that they came unto Christ. Yeah. And then the sanctified, um, the endure to the end. Yeah, the mourn, maybe sanctified and have eternal life. I mean, the fact that they're mourning, um, that means things are difficult and they're hanging in there. Yeah. Well, I don't know the answer to this one. <laughs> I think your interpretation you just, is great. Just picked a random I just picked one because it said some of the doctrine of Christ words in there. Well, here, here's something that endure to the end is implicit in the question. When shall ah. the day of the Lord come? Ah. When shall the day of the Lord come? When shall the blood of the righteous be shed? Yeah, so that would be a question you would ask as you're enduring. Yeah. Cool. That would be mourning, too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, well done. I get done, my 400 Jennifer. points. You, you've won all the bonus points tonight. So, well done. Can I cool. suggest something, too? Yeah, please. Okay, so righteous is capitalized. And it comes right after, when shall the day of the Lord come? And so when shall the blood of the righteous, who is righteous but Christ? So blood of Christ. Blood of Christ be shed. All they that mourn may be sanctified and have eternal life. Um, can I share two scriptures that, that go along with that, uh, that thought of 
the blood of Christ being shed that we might be sanctified? Sure. Okay, Moses 660. For by the water you keep the commandment. By the spirit you're justified. So the Holy Ghost, you're justified. And by the blood, you're sanctified. And then in uh, the sacrament prayers, uh, this came to me a couple months ago that, uh, you know, the first, the first, the, 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 the prayer on the bread, it says that they may, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy son. In the second one, on the wine, here, I'll just read. Uh, so first, um, witness unto thee, O God, the eternal father, that they're willing to take upon them the name of thy son and always remember him. Keep his commandments, which he hath given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Amen. So that, to me, indicates the beginning of the path, that we, we begin by being willing to take upon ourselves his name which is done at the baptism of fire and holy ghost Mm -hmm. and then on the wine um that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy son which was shed for them so initially just on the face of it we're thinking about the atonement and he's shedding his blood but then that they may witness unto thee, O God, the eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his spirit to be with them. Amen. What's not included in that verse is being willing to take upon them the name of thy son, which implies that they already have. That the blood of Christ was shed upon them at the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost. And that now they are part of his family. They're one of his children. And that they do always remember him, i.e., they're enduring to the end. Right. So, yeah, just a, a couple of thoughts. <laughs> Let me clarify. Sure. David Mourn is coming unto Christ, sanctified as first comforter, and eternal life is second comforter. Yeah, I would. I would see those three being uh, great. Not one there. We did it between the group of us. We figured us one out. I'm very excited about that. Let's see. The next one. Oh, this is a good one. I think I will take this one. Behold, this is my doctrine. Whosoever repenteth and cometh unto me, the same is my church. So that would suggest to me, part one is repent and come unto Christ. Part two, out of the fire and the Holy Ghost, is those who are his church. Now behold, whosoever is of my church and endureth of my church to the end, him will I establish upon my rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Remember when we talked about overcoming all of our enemies? And Joseph Smith said, receiving the gift of eternal life is overcoming all enemies. The enemy which is hell. When we receive the second comforter and the full promise of eternal life, we are established upon the rock, who is Jesus Christ. Because of that, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. So breaking it down again, part one, repent and come unto Christ. Part two, 
Baptism of Fire and Holy Ghost, which is entering into the Church of Christ. Part three, enduring as that church to the end. And then that church becomes established upon the rock. Now I want to wrap this all together. That particular verse relates to the very first one we started off with tonight. Blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. For they shall have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. This to me, between these two verses, is telling us that when the church of Christ is established on the earth, it is the beginning of the organization of Zion. It is entering the gate together as a group. And then if we are able to walk that straight path to the end, we can have the Lord actually dwell among us. And I think this is what it's describing in this verse in Mosiah 26, 17. Blessed art thou, speaking to Alma, who started the church of Christ in the book of Mosiah. Blessed art thou, because thou hast established a church among this people, and they shall be established, and they shall be my people. So I was always wondering about this verse. Why does it say you've established a church, and then they shall be established? Because you have to start the church of Christ, and then you have to enter the gate to start the church of Christ, but then you have to walk that straight and narrow path. That's how you get established this established that he's talking about christ to be his people there's many groups that entered the gate together in the book of mormon but they didn't complete the journey on the path to the end very few did that enoch melchizedek their cities were able to do that endure to the end as that church until the lord could dwell among them and call them his people. That's why I love those verses. What are we seeking for here? Yes, we are seeking to individually ascend, to be baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost, and to enter the gate and endure on the path and to see the face of the Lord. But we are seeking not to do that just for ourselves. We're seeking to do that with all of our family and our friends and all who will come to the Lord. That's what it means in 1 Nephi 13.37. Blessed are those who seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. To bring the church of Christ. To enter the gate as a people. And walk the path as a people. And come into the presence of the Lord as a people. If this is your desire, you will be blessed with the gift and power. Of the Holy Ghost. And that's how we're going to be able to accomplish this goal of bringing Zion back on the earth, having literally a place that the Lord here can come and dwell with us. All right. Now, what I need everybody to do now becomes the fun part of the evening. Write down those four steps or take a picture of your phone with your phone of those four parts of the doctrine of Christ. Because I'm going to exit out of this and you'll need the cheat sheet. (laughs) 
Come unto Christ, the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost, endure to the end and eternal life. And you can write the other words under it, and you can write some of the other words and phrases that we went through tonight that all express that same meaning. Okay. Now, we have 29 people on right now. And now's the fun part. I'm hoping that all of you are willing to preach a sermon on the doctrine of Christ for us tonight. But to make it easy and difficult, I'm going to ask you to keep it within 10 seconds. A 10-second sermon of the doctrine of Christ. Now, why is it 10 seconds? It's because if you only do 10 seconds, you can't add all of the backstory. You can't tell all of your personal experiences. You can't interpret anything. 10 seconds only gives you enough time to speak the words of the Lord. If you want to teach the doctrine of Christ with power and authority, please listen to me. Speak his words. Say his words without adding and without subtracting. Just like the prophets did in these verses. These verses, these single verses are enough for the spirit to testify powerfully to the people that you are sharing them with. So again, I ask you tonight to share the doctrine of Christ, the four parts, in 10 seconds. And I just want to go through every single person. So of the 28 people, if you're willing to do this, you don't have to come on the video, but would you please raise your hand on your phone? And each person that raises their hand, I will just call on you and you'll give your 10 seconds and then I'll call on the next person. And we're going to see if we can have a marvelous outpouring of the spirit because we are all speaking the doctrine of Christ together. All right. I'm going to show you an example of this. We're going to start off with Asher and Katie Griffin to show us all an example. So if you guys can unmute yourself and you guys teach us the doctrine of Christ. Offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit. Receive mercy. Uh, be faithful until, until the end and come into Christ's presence. Okay. Um, Come unto Christ with a broken heart and contrite spirit and um, receive redemption. Endure to the end and receive um, salvation. Nicely done, Asher. Katie, we appreciated your sermons on the doctrine of Christ. Okay, everybody raise your hand that is willing to bear testimony to us tonight. Okay, Ben, will you go ahead? Ten seconds. Come unto Christ, be perfected in him. Deny yourselves of all ungodliness. He will baptize you with fire, the 
Holy Ghost and then make you know of the joy of your redemption and you will have eternal life. Thank you, Ben. Jeff and Kendra. Ready? Yes. Come unto Christ and be sanctified. Feast on his words and you will enter into his rest. Thank you. Um, Come down the depths of humility. Enter into the gate. Endure to the end until you enter into the rest of the Lord. Well done. Steve Briner. Yeah. Enter into the new covenant. Hearken to the revelation that the Lord gives you. Show that you were. Show your willingness by getting baptized with water. He will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Continue hearkening to revelation. He will baptize you. He will give you the second comforter. Amen. Can my can my ten can my twelve year old do it? Absolutely. Please. Mini. Oh, I don't want you. <laughs> um so what what do i say okay um so the doctrine of christ is um is about the teachings of what jesus christ taught and it's about coming to the lord and um asking and doing what he wants you to do and and receiving the blessings which he has for you and um, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> During to the end in eternal life. There Amen, brother. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for being willing to do that. Rebecca Griffin. Come unto Christ with full purpose of heart, and he will baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. Endure on the path and he will unveil his face unto you. Awesome. Thank you. Julie, will you share with us the doctrine of Christ? Yes, I will. Um, Come unto Christ by exercising faith unto repentance. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and feast upon the words of Christ until you enter into the Lord's rest. Perfect. Perfect Doctrine of Christ sermon. Thank you, Julie. Mary. Mary or Scott, I see your hand up. Are you guys there? Yes, just having problems with buttons here. We both would like to. Please. Uh, Okay. Come unto the Lord and be healed by him. Feast on his words and ye shall have eternal life. Awesome. Awesome. As I humble myself and feel God's love as a little child, I will feel and become his through his son through the fire, the baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I will enter the straight gate to eventually see him face to face in his eternal glories to receive more, uh, more for eternally. Great. Thank you, Mary and Scott. Awesome. 
Bob or Kathy? Sorry, it's just me. Okay, Bob, <laughs> let's hear it. Each day, I will promise the Lord to enter into his covenant, to listen to his voice. And through that, he will show his love towards me by redeeming me of my sins. Every day, I will enter this covenant. And eventually, I will enter into his presence. Awesome. Bob, perfect. Perfect. Is there anybody else that would like to bear testimony of the doctrine of Christ? Okay, Jennifer, please. through repentance and a broken heart and a contrite spirit and he will baptize you with fire in the Holy Ghost and then continue on the path and you will enter into the rest of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. My brothers and sisters, this is the doctrine of Christ. Ariane, would you like to share? Yes, I would. Um, offer all, even all, to Christ, your heart, your full heart. Repent, and he will sanctify you with his fire and Holy Ghost, and hold fast continually, enduring to the end. Amen, Marianne. Thank you. John Sickles, did I see you raise your hand? Yeah, you sure did. Um, Great. Give us 10 seconds. Doctrine of Christ. Come all ye who are heavy laden, lay your burden upon the altar of Christ. He will take it up and he will through your offering of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. As you press forward, feasting upon his words, holding firmly and steadfastly to the rod of iron, he will see you enter into his rest. Awesome. Thank you, John. It's great to hear from you. There's been some powerful sermons. Bree, would you like to give us 10-second Doctrine of Christ? I thought I saw your hand. I'm trying to find how to talk. Okay, we can hear you now. You can? Yes. Oh, cool. Yes, I will try. Recognize your fallen nature and the need for your Savior. Cry out to him. And keep his commandments by being baptized by water. And he will baptize you by fire and the Holy Ghost. You will be filled with his words as you strive through the challenges and endure to the end. And receive the salvation by entering into his rest and his kingdom. Awesome. 
breathe. 10 seconds? I think it was 11.4 seconds, but I wasn't counting. (laughs) Anybody else that wants to give it a shot tonight? Jeff? Yeah, this just came to me when you said, is there anybody else that wants to bear testimony of this? Um, He wants to show us how to make that sacrifice. He wants to give us the baptism of fire and Holy Ghost. He wants to help us endure to the end. And he wants to unveil his face to us. Amen. Thank you, brother. Look, if you have been converted to Jesus Christ, one of the ways you know is there's this burning desire within you to share the message with other people and to bring his sons and daughters to him. And you might be worried. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't understand the scriptures. I don't understand this. Other people, they've been doing this much longer than me. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Take the time to study his word. Yes, it's good that you listen to Zoom meetings and read the articles and participate on the website and in the Facebook group. But none of that is a substitute for you cracking open the scriptures and studying them one-on-one with the Spirit. And if that's been difficult in the past, my hope is that now you understand the four parts of doctrine of the doctrine of Christ, that the scriptures will come alive for you. You'll see them. Not every verse is a power verse, but every chapter contains components of the doctrine of Christ. When you see them, you get excited and you're like, I know what that prophet meant. And then you can fit it together with the other pieces and begin to understand their sermons better. The entire scriptures became different for me once I understood the doctrine of Christ and began looking for it. Now we study it as our family and the kids can pick it out and we talk about it. And we talk about each time there's a phrase that we didn't recognize, but we can say, whoa, here's what that meant. And usually it's another description of how great our Savior is. And it motivates us to do whatever it takes to come unto him. Come unto Jesus. He will baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. Endure on the path and enter into his presence. In his name, Jesus Christ. Amen.